Thank you, Sister Sherry. Beautifully done. I'm so thankful for our musicians, those that play the organs, the piano, Brother Strode and Brother Mike, all those that, that lead singing for us. Uh, they're such a big part of our services, such a big part. Appreciate our choir, those that come up and sing. I know a lot of times we don't never tell them how much we appreciate them coming up singing. Thankful for you too, and, and you young people. I don't have an ounce of musical talent in my bones at all. I can't sing, and I can't play nothing, I can't read music. About the only thing, only talent I got is eating. But uh, you young people, if you got an ounce of talent at all in the musical field, use it for the Lord's service. Learn to play the piano. Learn to play the organ. Sing. If it's in you, use it for the Lord's service because if you look at Brother Strode, he ain't getting no younger. <laughs> Sister Sherry's not getting any younger. By our nature, we're all getting older. And you young people, you need to realize that you need to step up. Because there's going to be a time that the church is going to need you. And if you, if you have that talent, I ask you to, to, to go after it and, and to work on it and to work with it that you might be able to serve the Lord with those talents. It's so important to the church. It is. Preachers are important, no doubt. But our ministers of the music and stuff, they're very important to us too. The subject that the Lord has laid on my heart this morning, sort of difficult maybe to uh, talk about. And I want you to know that it's not directed to any individual whatsoever. You know... Uh, Brother Moore used to, when it, sometime when he'd preach and he'd be pointing his finger out and they'd say, you know, he said, I'm not just pointing at you. He said, if you look at my thumb, I'm pointing at myself too. So a lot of times when we stand as preachers and try to preach the word of God, we're preaching to ourselves also. So the things that I've got to say this morning, is it to any certain individual? But it's to the church. It's to the saved, it's to the unsaved. It's to the, the visitors that might be here. It is something that we need to, to be told about and that, that we might be uh, mindful of the way we do and the way we act and the things that we say. Because I tell you, people are watching. People are listening. They see the way we act and the way we present ourselves. And they might not be Christians. And I think the only way you can be a Christian is to be a saved individual, a born-again individual. But you, what is a Christian? That you uh, uh, strive to be like Christ. We'll never be like Christ, but we must strive to that perfection if there's any way to try to live a life among those that are around us that see that there is something real inside of us. Something we have. Now when you come through these doors in the church, 
How many of you, you come in and you, you come in to serve the Lord? You come in to worship the Lord? And you watch maybe the way you speak and you might watch the way you act. But how do you act when you leave these doors? You go outside of the walls of the church and you're out around your, your co-workers and you're out around your family and you're out around your spouses or your children. How do you act then? Do you, leave the, do, you, the, do you live for God when you're inside the walls of the church and then when you go outside the walls of the church you live like the devil and live for the devil? Ask yourself, how do you present yourself outside of these walls? I'm going to be reading from the third chapter of James, the general epistle, beginning at the first verse. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any a man defend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, Whithersoever the governor listeth, the pilot that's guiding those ships. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and serpents and of the things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain sent forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And that's reading from the third chapter, from the first verse to the twelfth verse of, of James. Now I know when, as we started out in this chapter, he says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. And here as we look at masters and stuff, he's talking to the, the teachers. Many of them might want to be teachers, but I'll tell you something. He's giving them a warning about what they say and what they teach. I have no doubt that during this time that, that James wrote this epistle, there were those that were teaching, maybe even preaching and, and talking about the law, the, the laws that were given by God. But I believe that, that there was something going on that wasn't right, and that's one reason that James wrote this epistle 
and especially on chapter 3 where he's talking about the tongue, that these men, these masters, it might have been teaching that they was teaching false doctrine and heresy and speaking with these things with their tongue. It's no telling how many people, and it's going on today, people. It's happening today that there are those out there that call themselves preachers and call themselves teachers, but their tongue is very dangerous because they're teaching false doctrines and heresies. And we've said many times how those that, that go to these different churches and all you got to do is say this prayer and repeat after me and, and, and it works. Well, I'm telling you, it's not works that get you to heaven. It's not works that you receive salvation from. It's having faith in Jesus and repentance to God with a broken and repentant heart. That's what the Bible teaches. That's true doctrine. That's the only way that you're ever going to get to heaven is repent toward God, that you come to Him with that contrite spirit, that you come to Him with that broken heart and believe in what Christ did at the cross at Calvary. Believing with all your heart that when Jesus went to the cross, He went for you. He did. He went for me. And every, these, every one of these that have stand to give a testimony of salvation, he went for them. Jesus went to the cross for mankind. But the sad thing is, there are those that's being deceived. There are those that's being told the truth. But yet, they still reject the word of God. And that's sad. That is sad. I believe with all my heart that we have the truth here, people. We have the truth here at Fairview Memorial. Well, I don't believe that we teach heresies and false doctrines. I believe we teach this. We believe we teach this. And I've told you many times there's so much of it I don't understand. But I do know one thing. I know about salvation because I experienced it. And I know that it's real. And no man can take it away from me. No man can pluck it and take it away from me. The scriptures teach that. I believe that it shows us that once we're saved, we're redeemed forever. We're saved by His marvelous grace. Jesus didn't go back and die time and time and time again. He only had to die once. One time is all He had to die. So when he started out here that he was talking to the teachers, talking to the masters. But I believe these scriptures apply to us all, does it not? That every one of us that have speech, every one of us that have a tongue, these scriptures apply to us all. He goes down and he starts talking about the, uh, how many of you rode horses and have dealings with horses in your life? Many of you? Anybody? We have bits in the horse's mouth, don't we? It's amazing that, that you can uh, get on a horse and if you ain't got the reins and the bit in the horse's mouth, he can take off and you don't have no control of him whatsoever. He just runs free and runs wherever he wants to go if you can stay on him. But we put bits in his mouth as big as a horse is. You can put that bridle on him with that bit and put it in his mouth and you can turn him and lead him wherever you want him to go. 
And that's what the, that's what the uh, James was saying here, that you can put the bits in the horse's mouth and they might be able to obey you. And it talks about the big ships. You know, back then we're talking about these big ships uh, that had the sails and they might have been out in the, the seas and as the wind blowed them that, that they was able to be steered by a hound, by, by a little control, a little uh, board or a paddle or something behind them, even small boats, that they was able to control these big ships and even as hard as the wind blow, that they can control them and turn them wherever they might want to go. There's some of us here that went out and went white, white water rafting as a youth group. And they, they, I can't remember if there's uh, maybe six, eight people in the boat, but there's always one uh, in the back that knows the river, that knows the rocks, and he knows how to steer these rafts, and he's got his paddle, and he'll tell us to paddle, 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 stop, paddle right, paddle left. But the whole time he's in the back of those rafts with his paddle steering the raft to where it might go. So we've even had some experiences knowing what a, a rudder or the helm might do. And he goes on, he says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. If you look at the, the weather map and you watch the news and stuff right now, there's so often just a little kindle, just a little spark, just a little flame, whether it might be from somebody throwing a cigarette out or somebody that might be burning their trash or whatever it might be, that it sets the forests on fire. I saw the map of Canada this week and I looked up and I couldn't believe all the wildfires and stuff that was going on right now that was just burning away. So a little, a little fire that kindleth a whole lot, a whole forest. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. And we think about our speech, people. Think about the things that we say. There's an old saying when I was growing up as a kid. I don't know if it goes around anymore. I don't know if kids say it, but I'm sure you've heard it. It says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. But you know what? That's not true. That's not true. I remember hearing that. And I probably even said it when, in my youth at one time or another. But when I got to studying and thinking about this, I thought, you know what? That saying ain't true. Because how quick that somebody can, can say something about somebody or some, and say it straight to you. Or rather it's a lie or whatever it might be. How it, how it breaks your heart and how it hurts. We think about the things that are going on today and so many of these children that, that are uh, committing suicide and the different things that are going on. That evidently there's things that are being said to these children and their hearts have been broken and they, they've been hurt because of an evil tongue. Because of our speech or the things that we say that, that it offends them. That stuff wasn't going on that much. I'm sure it went on when I was younger. But today it's just like it's just got way out of a hand. 
And I, and I know that it's just uh, this tent revival we just had recently. I spoke of times like these, that I spoke of this evil. It's the devil, people. And the devil will use your tongue to get to people, to hurt people, to deceive people, to where they get to the point that they might even take their lives. The tongue has destroyed many families. The tongue has destroyed many friendships. The tongue has divided churches, that churches have split because of what somebody might have said, what somebody might have done. It happens, people. It happens. But James here, he said that, but the, the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man which are made after the similitude of God. Blessings and curses both come out of our mouths. And as I was talking about how, how we live outside of these walls, we may act one way and we may speak one way when we're in God's house, but when we go outside of God's house, how do we act and how do we talk? What are the things that we say? Do we have filth in our mouth? Do we have language and say things that shouldn't be said? If so, we need to try to correct it. Because I said, people are watching and they're listening. How can you ever be able to, to try to testify? How can you use your tongue to be able to testify and tell of a sinner, of a lost person, what's happened to you? That, that you've been saved by His grace because they can't look into the soul. I can't look into the soul. Not a one of us can look into an individual's soul and know that we've been saved or not saved. But what they can do is look at us and see how our actions are and they might look at us if we act a certain way that ain't uh, a way that a saved person or a Christian should act. They look at us and they judge us. Believe me, they judge us. And what, what goes through their minds, they think, well, look at this person over here. He says he's a Christian, but you know what? He don't act no different than I do. He acts just like I do. He says the same things I do. And maybe even a, you go out and, and then maybe go out and drink at a restaurant or somewhere, and they're sitting at a table somewhere else, and they're looking at your actions that you've got a beer or you've got a mixed drink or a social drink on the table. And they look and say, well, look at him. He professes to be a Christian, but he ain't no different than I am. We're doing the same thing, but you know what? They can't see in your soul. They don't know what has happened to you at some time or another that when you receive that sweet peace from God, that peace that only God can give you. Now, I don't think you're going to go to hell because if you're a saved individual and you drank a beer, but I tell you what you are, you an influence on these that are around you. You might not go to hell if you have a, a speech and a talk and a filthy mouth that you might say things that ain't right. I don't believe it's going to send you to hell if you're truly saved by the grace of God. 
But I think if we are the children of God, if you do these things, you're going to be punished one way or another. But what I'm saying, you've got to be a witness before these that don't know Jesus Christ. By the way we talk, the things that we say, the things that we do, we got, we got to strive to be like Christ. We've got to point that direction and not go in the opposite direction. He went on to say, does the, uh, well, he went on in verse 7, he's talking about the beast. Talking about how hard it is to control the tongue that man have, well, took horses. We've trained horses. You can go to the circus and you see where these uh, trainers have trained lions, trained tigers. We're talking about the beast. Elephants. Dogs are trained uh, and, and to do different things for us. They do uh, go out and search in these buildings that have fell on people. They, they go out and they're, they're able to find people and, and they're able to, people are able to dig them out and to rescue them. You see some of these people with these bow constrictors or pythons, whatever, it's got them, the serpents have got them wrapped around their, their necks and their bodies. That's what, that's what he was saying here. Verse 7 says, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath man tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You think of those fish of the sea. How many of you been to SeaWorld? Or how many of you watched it on TV to where you see these, what they call killer whales? They train them to do stuff. Man have trained these beasts and these big fish and these animals, but yet man cannot tame the tongue. It does so much damage, brothers and sisters. It does so much damage. Blessings and cursings. It says, does a fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? When you get away from church, and you don't go to church as often. I believe we get away from Jesus. The less that you go to the church, the more you're in the world. I believe that with all my heart. When we go to church, we're able to get fed. We're able to get fed by the gospel and we're able to fellowship with one another. But when you get away from the church, it seems like you can draw a little bit further away, further away. You might come to church every now and then. Then the next thing you know, your, uh, your times are further apart. And they're further apart to, there's to a point that you don't even see the members anymore. That they have strayed away, that they've got got away from the Lord and not serving the Lord like they should. And I'm talking about saved men and women. I'm talking about those that, that know the truth. 
how they stray away. And, and when you get into the world, you start acting more like the world. But I believe when you're in the church of God, when we come in and we serve and worship and try to come every time that we can, I believe that draws us closer to Jesus. I believe that draws us closer to Jesus. And I think when you draw closer to Jesus, you have a little bit more control of the tongue. You have a little bit more control of the way you act, the thing that you say because you're closer to Jesus. Now when James was writing this, he wasn't necessarily saying that it was impossible to control the tongue. He told us how evil it was, but I'm telling you something. When you come to the church and you come to worship uh, the Lord and you draw closer to Him, through divine grace, we can control this evil tongue a little bit more. That we can live a bit more like Christ. Christ. Jesus our Lord and our Savior. He's that bit that might be in the horse's mouth. He might, he's that helm at the back of that great ship. Because through the grind, through divine grace, we might can control this tongue just a little bit more than what we do. Envying, strife, boasting. We as God's people, we just need to leave that stuff alone and push it away. And try to live for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. These messages ain't always easy to preach on, talk about, but as I was saying as, as I started, I think it's something we need to be mindful about. We need to be mindful of the things that we say, the things that we do, the things that we act, because the lost is watching us. The Lord wants us to be a witness, brothers and sisters, to those that don't know Him, that we might be able to bring them in. But I'm telling you, we're not going to bring them in if we live for the devil. We're not going to bring them in. That's my message for today. As I said, this isn't directed to nobody, no certain person or anything, but as everybody that's sitting on the side of my voice, I think we can take this message that James wrote about and apply it to our lives. That we might be a better person, that we might be a better Christian, that we might be a better servant to the Lord. That's my message. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I hope it will help someone in some way. We'll be dismissed unless uh, is all hearts and minds free. Is anything on your heart? Anything need be said?